0: Here we go, it's Monday, January 8th, 2024, Season 2, Episode 84. This is What's Eating Kale, and I am Kale. So eat me. (laughs) Uh, I think we used to say things like, eat me, uh, when we were uh, in high school. I did post high school, but still makes me laugh. Eat me. And Bart Simpson was eat my shorts, man. Um so the big news here, uh big weather storm coming. Weather? Big winter storm. <laughs> weather storm. There's a weather storm brewing. Uh there's a big winter storm brewing. So here we are, January 8th. It'll be the 9th, basically, when this occurs. And uh it sounds like overnight tonight, maybe get an inch or so, and then uh, we'll proceed to get up to nine inches of snow after that. So, I, it's funny to me because we like two days in advance, we've got warnings on the TV, the scroll thing, and and I don't want to, I, I don't want to like diminish the impact, right? Because it, it sucks for a couple of days when you have a big snowstorm like that. It sucks the day it happens, and then it sucks for like a day after when everybody's still cleaning up from it. So, uh, the reason I bring this up is because it's January 8th. It'll be January 9th when this happens, and this is it. This is the first real snowfall we'll have. We had one earlier in the year that lasted a few days, but then, like, I swear it's been 60, 70 degrees since then, Um, you know, around that time, and then we've had just little bits of snow here and there. Uh, We've had a couple of um, days where it snowed. Like, we had a day where it snowed all day here the other day. It got... Eh, maybe an inch to a dusting of snow. Uh, the snow stayed on some of the, like the flower beds and stuff, but otherwise melted right away. Uh, so this is it. I mean, January 8th and 9th, we'll be uh, getting our first real snow, which it means one of two things. It means we're going to have a pretty easy winter, or this is the beginning of a shit storm. And... I hope it's the first option and not the latter, because at the end of the day, um, we take a trip sometime in the winter time, and oftentimes it breaks it up great, and you come home, and there's like a month and a half left of winter, and everything's great. Uh, sometimes we've come home, and it's like all of winter still needs to occur, and that goes through like all of March part of April. In the middle of April you're like is this ever like it's still like freezing rain and just cold and crappy and uh, so who knows what'll happen with this thing and uh we might not get any snow at all. I that's that's been known to happen around here by the way. 100% been known to happen. Um oh we got this big snowstorm and then just yeah, like an inch of snow. It's just, I don't know. That would be the worst job in the world. Fun to do the job. Sucky to be the person who is just banking on everything else. Like I have no opinion of my own. I just go off these computer models and I just say what the National Weather Service tells me to say. Therefore, that's why I I try to have a personality while I do it. That's the fun part. I have to know how to point backward at a map that I can't even see. And I got to tell you like, oh, I point right here. That's hard. It's all backward because you're on camera. It would be challenging, but I got to hit the little clicker to make the different maps show up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough job. I should interview a weather person, uh, one of our favorite weather people around here. Um, anyway, uh, d- d- at the end of the day, um, if you're in southeast Wisconsin or in the path of the storm, wherever you might be, um, just, you know, take it easy. First of all, people will be dumb and shovel too much or drive too fast or something. So let's just, you know, enjoy this one and just take it easy. I wish it would happen on a Friday into a Saturday so we could do that. Um, But Tuesday you'll have to go to work and it's going to be awful. Potentially. All right, let's jump into some entertainment headlines. I got to do some scratching here. Hang on. You know, it wasn't until I started doing this program that I realized how good I was at that. <laughs> um, I uh, I just want to say that you can't do entertainment news today without talking about the Golden Globes, which I would normally watch, uh, but there was there were games on last night, and I don't know, it just it was better watching football. Um, I don't. I'm not a big, huge fan of Joe Coy, the comedian. Uh, I've seen some things, but like, I feel like when I watch his. Um, comedy specials, that I go like 80% through his material and I'm like, meh. And then like 20% is really good. And I'd rather have that flipped around. 80% is good and then there's 20% where you're like, meh. What I mean, do you mean doing an hour is tough, I'm sure. Um, so anyway, uh, I, so it just wasn't super appealing to me to watch that. Um, but the headlines are this. Oppenheimer swept the Golden Globe. Um there was this uh, when talking about the Golden Globes, there was this one line from the Independent, which is a UK publication. And I just I loved it so much <laughs> that I had to uh read the headline to you. Um and I I'm starting in the middle of a sentence um where the awards are live from the Beverly Hills Hilton Hotel and a-listers including Taylor Swift, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Kylie Jenner brought some much-needed stardust to the beleaguered show. And I love that line: they brought some stardust, your stardust, to the beleaguered show. Now, why is it beleaguered? Well, for a number of years now, the Academy Awards, probably the Grammys, and definitely the Golden Globes have been—you know—people are like, you're biased, you're racist, you're—you're you're not including. Um, black artists enough and black filmmakers and what have you. And uh, there was actually an investigation and it turned out that the Golden Globes had like zero black uh, board members, zero black. Like they, they were just definitely a white bread group and probably wrongly so. Um, now I'm all for hiring the right person for the right job, but you can't tell me that the only people <laughs> are the best in those jobs are white because... I don't know. I, just, I don't believe that at all, uh, not even for a second. So they're under the so that went badly, and the stars were boycotting it and what have you. So they're trying to get their reputation back, and they're bringing bigger stars and trying to be taken more seriously. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, they ran their show last night. Uh, Oppenheimer, again, won five Golden Globes, including Best Motion Picture Drama. Killian Murphy uh, won Best Performance by an Actor. He was the uh, lead role of Robert, uh, of J. Robert Oppenheimer in Oppenheimer. And uh, he did a great job. By the way, loved Killian Murphy in, I think it's the first Christian Bale. I'm almost positive it is. The Batman with, the first Batman with Christian Bale in it. Uh, He plays uh, one of the bad guys and he is excellent. He's odd. He's demented. Um, just I, I thought he was awesome in it. And he's got this. Now, in Oppenheimer, he looks like a guy from back in the day. In Batman, he just had a very odd, he's a handsome guy, but he had an evil, like you're like, get the willies around that guy. He's just awesome. So hopefully he just becomes more and more prominent and we see him doing all kinds of things. He was great in Oppenheimer, lost a bunch of weight for it. It's just, I don't know how I feel about people doing that, but hey, you know what? Uh, you won an Academy Award and you deserved it. So uh, let's see, let's move on to um, anything else that was in the Golden Globes. Succession won uh, four Golden Globes, including uh, Best Television Series Drama. Succession is excellent. You have to sit down and prepare yourself. if you If you haven't seen it yet, you have to prepare yourself for craziness and for entitlement titled people. And yeah, it's, it's just excellent And the characters are just wonderful and they're horrible and they're just, it's, it's really, really quite good. So I, I highly recommend succession and um, I'm glad that it won a little bit late. Of course it's, I think it's been off the air for almost two years now, a year at least. I would think, but these you know all these shows are like a year behind. So, um, the bear, oops, uh, the bear uh, won three Golden Globes, including best television series, musical or comedy. I wonder why they. I don't know. It seems weird that they put those together. And then uh, the the biggest surprise was Barbie, which had more nominations than anybody. Nine came away with only came away with only two Golden Globes uh, cinematic and box office achievement was one. Uh, they also did win, uh, Billy Eilish and her brother Phineas won best original song for what was, uh, for what was I made for? Um, and that was in the Barbie movie and apparently it was a big, a big moment. I haven't seen the Barbie movie yet and it's not like, Oh, I'm not going to watch it. It's stupid. I'm not going to, I will watch it. I, I do have to be in a special place to be like, okay, I can take in a musical right now or I can take in this fluffiness I guess if you will but I hear it's pretty good so I'm going to give it a whirl Uh, I'll dive in all the way and see what I think of it and we'll go from there but um, I would just say that the award shows have a they're in a weird spot right they A want an audience they need young audiences so it would seem let's get Barbie, like, a whole bunch of recognition during the show. Excuse me. Now, the problem with that is, are you then delegitimizing the show and its its reputation as a serious award if you do that when you don't really think that a program deserves those awards? Now... I'm just going to say this. I don't know enough about Barbie to say that it should have won or shouldn't have won or whatever, but I will say this. I know that Barbie and Oppenheimer saved, I shouldn't say saved, but they certainly were uh, the most impactful movies on all of the movie landscape. Gold Globes is more than just movies and what have you, but at the end of the day, um. There's got to be some sort of a, I mean, cinematic and box office achievement. I, it's super vague, but I mean, there's got to be something to say that you've you've done something different here. You've probably, they probably changed the industry a bit because everybody's going to be doing that like superhero movies, right? Like everybody's doing superhero movies and they're great. Now everybody's like, okay, I've had enough of the superhero movies. So anyway, I guess I just, I think that it's a weird fine line for them to walk uh, and I think that they should um, they should find a way to pay homage to those movies that impacted, but might not meet those high standards for, here's why we give an award. Uh, ESPN is apologizing for Aaron Rodgers' distasteful comment on the Pat McAfee show. Aaron made the, uh, this is the comment from ESPN. Aaron made a dumb and uh, factually inaccurate jo- joke about Jimmy Kimmel. It should never have happened. We all realize that in the moment, says ESPN's Mike Foss. No one is more committed to and invested in ESPN's success than Norby Williamson. We are thrilled with the multi-platform success of the Pat McAfee show across the ESPN. We will handle this matter internally and have no further comment. Um, I just, Honestly, I think that, um, I mean, I lost respect for Aaron Rodgers uh, when he said it because here's the thing. It's one thing to give somebody some shit, right? It's one thing to say, you got a small Willie. You are your mom. You know, you can say all kinds of things and everybody knows you're kidding. But to come out and say that somebody is going to come out on a sex trafficking, sex offender list associated with one of the most important people we know of in the most recent history of that horrific thing, I guess. And then to like back it up and say, oh, that's that's not okay. That's like saying, I'm pretty sure that he supports the Nazis or the KKK or something like that. And I just, I don't, again, there's, I'm all about having fun. I'm all about giving people crap. I'm all about taking crap. I You can give me a hard time all the time. I'll laugh harder than anybody when you give it to me. I probably would have said, if you said that about me, I probably would have whoa, that's not funny. Um, so I lost a little respect for him. I, not so much that he said it, but that he like supported it after. That to me was, that's where you, that goes, even if you're having a public like quote unquote beef with someone, that just kind of goes beyond what I think one should Aspire to when you're giving someone a hard time, regardless of how much you dislike them in public. Anyway, um, in, in sports news, I'm pretty sure that Ben beat me this, this whole year, but I think he beat me this week. I haven't, uh, listened to this all the way through since all the games were played yesterday, but this is Ben and I talking about last week's picks. This is just a quick recap of how we picked the five different games that we picked this week. So we have five, Opposite games, we have Ravens-Steelers. I'm taking the Ravens. Texans-Colts. I'm taking the Texans. Uh, Cardinals-Seahawks. I'm taking the Cards. Bears-Packers. I'm taking the Bears. And Bills-Dolphins. I'm taking the Bills. You're not going to try to stick me with the Panthers again. I thought you were taking the Panthers. If you want them. I, mean, <laughs> I thought I'd give you some a reprieve this week from that. But, uh, I appreciate it. You can, you can have no, them. I'm you you and Dave Tepper can share a booth and watch them win. Ugh ouch anyway um if i if i counted that right and i remember uh the results of yesterday's game uh i think he beat me three games to two um i won the packers bears one i won the seahawks cardinals one but i think the other three i got wrong uh i'll have to i'll have to listen to that again and look at and then stop and look at the the actual games but hey uh let's do something kind of a little bit more fun here with the music Still in headlines, my friend. That's right. It's playoff season. Uh, the playoffs are uh, all locked in, and our Packers made the playoffs. Now, I'm here to eat a little crow. I said at the beginning of the year they won't make 500. Um, if they even got close, I thought it would be probably two, three games sub 500. And um, not only did they finish above 500... But they miraculously made the playoffs. Now that's a little bit of a testament to how bad the NFC teams were this year. That a nine and eight team. Now, granted, we're the lowest seed in in our side of the bracket. Um, but I just have to say that they did better than I expected. And I, I and Jordan Love is. I mean, the, our team looked pretty good yesterday defensively. Still, again, a few weak spots, but. I mean, our offense just marched up, and I, I thought we looked good. I really do. Um, now, we're, let's get into what the playoffs look like and talk about our realistic chances going forward. Um, but here's the way the playoffs shake up. The Ravens and the 49ers don't play next week. They are the number one seeds on the AFC and the NFC side, respectively, and so they get the week off. Now, there's all kinds of controversy about what do you do here. I shouldn't say controversy, but debate. So some of them rested their players yesterday and some of them, you know, t- teams that knew that, well, when you have a bye, I'm just going to say, and I know that there are people, no, you get your players healthy. I watched a debate between people way smarter than me, way more knowledgeable about football. I have just seen it where the momentum and, and the the rhythm of the season is not the same when, first of all, it's going to be different in the playoffs anyway, but you've now had a week off. You haven't been hit for a week. You haven't, right? Like, it's just different. And you come back and you're a little rusty. And in the playoffs, I'm not sure you can afford to be rusty at all. So those guys that rested their, their players uh, yesterday, we'll see how they fare. I'm sure the Ravens are going to be fine. I'm sure the 49ers will be fine. But I'm just saying. Um, So they don't play next week. But Saturday, Sunday, and Monday we have games. Saturday, we have the Browns at the Texans. They're going to be on NBC at 3.30 Central Standard Time. Browns at Texans. Uh, the Texans look great. Um, the Browns, are they look good. Um, Joe Flacco, I mean, it, they look good. And I think that I would take the Texans in that particular game. Uh, Dolphins at Chiefs, 7 p.m. This is a, an interesting game. It's streaming only on Peacock. So if you don't have Peacock... You're not going to be able to watch the Dolphins and Chiefs. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins on that one, and Ben and I will talk about this this week. Uh, I I don't know that we'll have anything different, but we'll find out. And then on Sunday there are three games: the Steelers at Bills at noon. That'll be on CBS and live stream on Paramount Plus. Um, I in that case, I'm, I'm taking the Bills. The, I think the Bills. It doesn't matter how ugly it gets. They've they'll stick in there and get it figured out. They're just, they're pretty good. And watching last night, it's a fun game. That that game was really fun, by the way. I thought it was great to watch. Uh, and then at 3.30 Central Standard Time on Fox, you can watch the Packers at the Cowboys. The Cowboys look really good. And they're at home. And I don't think they've lost a game at home um, in a while. It, the Packers are super inexperienced. They are the youngest team in NFL history to ever make the playoffs. Um, however, I have seen the Packers game plan extraordinarily well for a few teams and beat teams that they shouldn't have beat. Now, when I say that it wasn't the playoffs, it wasn't one and done. It wasn't, there's a lot of factors there that, you know, when they play the lions in the middle of the season, people are hurt and, Uh, Same thing with the Chiefs. We shouldn't, you know, that that was a game technically we wouldn't have thought we would win. So our chances of beating the Cowboys are slim, very slim, I think. And that's okay. We made it further than I think anybody expected us to make. So chalk it up to experience. Hopefully we don't get just blown out and look like idiots. Hopefully there's some weird chance at the end that we could have. Um, That'll be a good game. Also on Sunday is Rams at Lions, 7 p.m., on NBC, NBC. Look at that. They've got, uh, they've got the the first game on Saturday. Then they stream on Peacock only, which is NBC. And then they get the Rams and the Lions. That's three games they get. Everybody else only got one. What's up with that? Crap. Uh, Rams and Lions, 7 p.m. on NBC. Uh, Monday Night Football will be the Eagles at the Buccaneers. That'll be at 7 o'clock Eastern, Central Time on abc and espn if you're a football fan if you're not i apologize for taking all of your time talking about that let's talk about celebrity birthdays and by the way if you or someone you know is having a birthday coming up let me know at mail at kaleguin.com. that's m-a-i-l at kaylgwin c-a-l-e-g-u-i-n.com and i'll get them on there i got a couple coming up i think uh I have one this week, a couple next week. I think we're uh, we're starting to get a little momentum with this thing. So uh, let me know if you want somebody to be included in the birthday list. They're not, of course, as famous as these people. Uh, Former Sunday morning host Charles Osgood is 91 years old. Singer Shirley Bassey is 87 years old. Game show host Bob Eubanks from the Newlywed Game. Great game show. Uh, He's 86 today. Country gospel singer Christy Lane is 84. Singer Anthony Gordine of Little Anthony and the Imperials. He's 83. Singer Juanita Coart Motley of the Marvelettes. She's 80 years old today. Kathleen Noon from Knot's Landing and All My Children and As the the World Turns. She's 79 today. Guitarist Robbie Krieger of The Doors. 78. Somebody from The Doors. A. They're still alive. B. Director John McTiernan uh, directed Predator and, and Die Hard, big huge movies. He's seventy three. Harriet Samson Harris, well Harriet Sampson Harris, Desperate Housewives is sixty nine years old today. Michael Forbes, True Blood and Star Trek Next Generation is fifty nine. Actor Maria Patillo from Providence is fifty eight. Bassist Jeff Abercrombie of Fuel, fifty five years old. Singer Sean Paul is 51 and singer actor Jenny Lewis of Rilo Kelly Kylie is 48. Actor Amber Benson of Buffy, Buffy and the Vampire That's hard for me to say. I my nose is stuffed up and it's hard for me to switch from B's to V's. Actor Amber Benson Buffy and the Vampire Slayer is 47. Actor director Sarah Paul is 45. Gabby Hoffman of Girls and Field of Dream, Dreams is 42. Guitarist Desha- DeSashi... I can't pronounce his name. Uh, he is of Jim Class Heroes. The guitarist for Jim Class Heroes is 41 today. Uh, actor-singer Cynthia Arrivo is uh, Arrivo is 37 years old today, and that does it. That is what's eating me today. Uh, we'll find out who got the most NFL picks right throughout the whole season this week, some compelling music conversations, and for the love of God, I hope, Carol Sumberry and I are talking today. We will talk to you later. Until then, make it a good one.